Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast number 26. We come to you today on the back of a victory at Vicarage Road against Watford. But before we dive into that, let's meet the cast for today's episode. First of all, hello, Joe. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, mate. How are you doing? I'm very tired. I won't lie to you, but that's just dad life, mate. So, you know. Indeed. I I feel you. I feel you. (laughs) Aaron, mate, how are you? You played some football yesterday yourself. How did that go? Oh, I do not wish to talk about this, Tom. I do not wish to talk about how we got on. Um, I spent uh, the afternoon basically picking the ball out of the net for 90 minutes, pretty much. It was a dreadful performance yesterday. But uh, yeah, came off the field and saw we won, so I was pretty pleased with that. Pretty okay, pleased. Mate, well, silver linings and all that. And then finally, Chloe, you were at Vicarage Road yesterday, and we're going to dive into a little bit more about how that was live. But how are you doing today, mate? You're good. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah. Brilliant. Good game yesterday. Very good. Nice yeah. get three points. Definitely, and especially because historically we tend to struggle against teams that are in the bottom three. So it was definitely a a positive to come away with those three points. Um, So let's dive into the game, lads and ladess. I'm going to start just chatting a little bit about the uh, the team news coming out, because that was our first, uh, I suppose, talking point yesterday was the team sheet. Um, so there were three uh, names that people perhaps expected to see um, on our, in our starting eleven that weren't there. Um, that being Ives Basuma, uh, Leandro Trossard, and Alexis McAllister. Um, and there was some vocal supporters on Twitter, um, perhaps a bit dismayed by seeing the lack of those three names. Now, Joe, you pointed out that Eves took a knock against Tottenham. Um, I don't remember that happening but well spotted for you there, mate. Um, do you think it was a surprise to see Basuma on the bench or do you think it was just purely squad rotation due to his um, participation in AFCON? Yeah, to be honest, um, I didn't actually see the knock. It was just going based on what other people were saying on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I went off of that. Um, so I don't know if it did happen or not, but that again, it's, it's a valid reason as to why he wasn't in the team. Um and obviously, as you say, uh, some AFCON um, duties as well. Um, probably a lot of travelling for him, so um, maybe needed that time to just sit out and, and come on when needed. Um, obviously, played extremely well against Tottenham. Um, and then yesterday when he came on, um, changed the game. The, the, the momentum was shifting in, in a direction we didn't need it to go. Um, and then, yeah, um, and obviously just with regards to the other two names you mentioned, obviously they come back due to COVID. Um, so no surprises to see them on the bench as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the with the absence of Basuma, it meant that we started with a midfield three of Jakob Moda, uh, Pascal Gross and um, Adam Lallana. Now, Chloe, you, um, you said on the group chat um, that historically speaking, Lallana and Gross particularly don't play well together. Um, I tend to agree with you there. Did you feel like it was the right choice after, say, we were 45 minutes into the game? Um, I I still didn't think Gross had a particularly brilliant game. Um, he has, his corners were decent, actually. But um, other than that, I just wasn't overly impressed with him. And I do think we obviously improved in the second half once um, he came off and mm. um, 
Basuma and McAllister came on. Who else came off? Was it Welbeck? Uh, Welbeck came off, yeah. yeah. Welbeck, um, Welbeck and Gross came off, yeah, for um, Basuma. One thing, one thing I did notice was um, we just looked so much quicker going forward and along with that we look more threatening um and you know Lana is quite slow because you know he's quite old but um so quite is old. Gross and I feel like having two quite slow players like that does just really can ruin your whole sort of momentum in terms of attack um but yeah I I, I still would rather not see those two mm. but um I do think we have better players but obviously if Basuma's wasn't fit, McAllister wasn't fit um, to start, then that's that's why they didn't start. I would have liked to see Alzate. Um, I was a bit, I'm a bit confused as to why he suddenly doesn't seem to be able to get a game because I thought when Basuma was obviously at AFCON, he actually came in and did quite well for us. So I, I would have liked to see him start maybe instead of mm. Milana or Gross, but um yeah, it worked out, so I can't, can't complain too much. And when I do complain, we always do well, so um, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Good skills. Yeah, just um, on that Alzate um, point there, Aaron, um, he came in against Chelsea and he played really, really well. Were you surprised that uh, Potter had gone for Pascal over over Alzate in this one? Uh, yeah, I think Alzate brings something a little bit different to to what Gross does, and pretty much spot on what Chloe said. When those two play together, Lana and Gross, it just slows our momentum down, and it's just it's just it's not what you need in a Premier League game when you've got you know players such as Lamptey sprinting down the right, Kukurela on the left. We get the ball in the middle, and it just sort of just stops, and then we think, well, where are we going to go now? Where I was at, he, he's quicker, he's younger, he's fitter, and he, he's probably better, better than Gross, in my opinion, in in certain areas of the game. And obviously, you've got to trust Potter with his decisions, and I think he's proven himself again that he's made the right call after failing. Well, not failing, but picking the wrong starting lineup against Tottenham last week. Yeah, definitely. I was um, must admit I was very uh, happy to see the return of a back three after our back four failed um, to well do what it should have done against Tottenham. Um, and just quickly before we jump into the game, I was just going to mention about uh, Trossard and McAllister. Um, just from a recovery point of view, really, because um, a lot of the people who were criticising their lack of um, being starting eleven, <laughs> I put on the group chat. I wonder how many of these people. Um, you know, criticizing this have had COVID and how many of those people have tried to exercise post COVID because um, I'm a, I'm a runner. I run, um, but I, I had COVID what, four weeks ago. And since then I get out of breath going downstairs. So I, I'm a pretty, if I blow my own trumpet, I'm a pretty fit guy. Um, but even so I can't, I struggle to get down the stairs without needing a little break. Um, so I think, you know, a bit of understanding here. I know these guys are elite sportsmen and, you know, it's their bread and butter, but I think we need to be patient um, because the worst thing you can do is, um, you know, rush back players who are then potentially going to suffer with fatigue because of it. Um, so it was great to see Ali Mack come on um, in the second half. I think that was a, a, a good move from Potter. Um, so there you have it. Let's, but now let's uh, dive into the game. Um, a first half that was, uh, you know, I think it was, we did what we needed to do. We built up slowly. 
Um, and of course, we got the goal towards the end of the half. But before then, there were some early warning signs uh, from us about our intent. And uh, Joe, mate, Jakob Moda, he's got to get a goal soon, surely. Yeah, he has to. Obviously, he's got what? Did he get one in a cup? Um, did he score against Cardiff as well, or did he assist? I can't remember. Um, he did score. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him and Mwepu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's scoring at a level that drops a little bit. Um, so, as I said, I think I said it on the last podcast, he just needs to, that little bit more adjustment because he plays extremely well yes. um, when, you know, uh, in everything else that he does on the pitch. But it just, you know, that, that finishing touch and it will come in the Premier League. It just takes that little bit more time to um, sort of find your shooting boots. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's worth saying that he was absolutely excellent yesterday. Um, you know, he tested Ben Foster on a number of occasions and it was it was pleasing to see a midfielder getting into those sort of positions um, in his natural position after being used as a, uh, I suppose, midfielder come centre forward against Tottenham. <laughs> um, but, you know, we looked quite sharp on the ball. We were moving it around uh, quite well. Um Watford, though, they, you know, they haven't scored in three games now, but they do have threats. So going forward, Aaron, did you see any of the Watford players and their pace to be an issue at all in that first half? I think pace against our, our back three slash four, or whatever you want to call it, can sometimes cause issues with likes of Saar and Dennis. They're, they're very quick players. Um, there was a couple of times where they've, they had chances. Obviously, Dennis at the bar and Saar had their only shot on target. But other than that, I, I, from what I've seen, we dealt with them quite well. Even they had like a sort of five, ten minutes spare in the second half. But other than that, we, we dominated the game. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Potter's post-match comments about uh, probably it being the most dominant uh, away performance we've seen from Brighton in the Premier League. Um, and I think it speaks volumes. Um, I was half expecting a new manager bounce myself. I was very glad to see... Um, didn't come to fruition that as well we don't um historically play well against uh, roy hodgson or potter certainly hasn't beaten roy hodgson prior to this um but chloe you were you were at vicarage road now um the atmosphere sounded absolutely incredible over um you know bbc sussex and on the the dodgy streams that you could find uh during the game uh, what was it like uh, during that first half because it sounded like you guys never stopped singing yeah, I mean, the atmosphere was probably the best away atmosphere I've seen this season, um, certainly up there. Um, I heard there were some new songs. Tarek Lamptey's got a wonderful new song, which um, awesome. I love, yeah. Um, but yeah, we almost didn't stop singing, yeah, I, it was, which was good. I have got a bit of a like sore throat at the moment. Um, I've had a cold, so it's like, I was like speechless, speechless. I couldn't talk by the end of it. I lost my voice, um, but it, it was it was amazing. It was it was a, an amazing atmosphere, and um, hopefully we helped. Um, I think um, be the twelfth man, twelfth man yeah. for the players. I think um, a good atmosphere can really lift it, lift the team in the same way that a poor atmosphere can sort of yeah. cause them to um, not perform as well. And like. It was um, polar opposites to the Spurs atmosphere, which I thought was quite poor for most of the game. It was good on the concourse beforehand, but um, actually during the game it wasn't brilliant. But um, yeah, it was it was amazing, and 
Good. Yeah, we got the three points. So it was an amazing day out, really. Fantastic. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I think I think it's worth pointing out there because you're spot on, Chloe. I think a, a positive atmosphere, especially away from home, is probably uh, a big part as to our fantastic away record this season, where I think we've only lost, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, we've only lost one game on the road this season. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah. We've, only, we've only lost once uh, on the road in the league, which is fantastic. Um, and as I say, it sounded brilliant, sounded fantastic. Um, the crowd had to be a bit patient, I suppose, but eventually it did come. Now, our man, Neil Mope, who in our last podcast, we reiterated this man needs respect. And this is exactly why, because he's normally scoring at the end of the second half. But to, uh, yesterday, what a time to score and what a goal it was. Now, Joe, um, we said on the group chat, um, fantastic cross from Tarek Lamptey and then a phenomenal finish from Neil Mope. But Joe, did he mean it? Well, first of all, I just want to say that on... Uh, well, yes, Chloe, he did, absolutely did mean it. But I just want to say as well, in addition to that, um, I've sort of made the Albion Obsessed uh, Twitter account a, a Neil Mope fan account um, at the moment just to keep pushing that respect that he, he needs. Um, I've, I've started posting as well again on Instagram... Um, and I've put on plenty of posts about Neil Morpay again um, because, yeah, um, what a time to score. Um, he, he is our main man. Um, and you could see in his post-match um, interview that he absolutely thrives on confidence. Um, he's very self-aware. Um, he knows when he's not played as well as he can. Um, and then, you know, com comes in into the league and, and gets us a really crucial goal. Um, I, I really felt we needed that goal before halftime. Um, but uh, in terms of the contact of the ball, yeah, let, let's say, come on, he's a striker. He's yeah. going to say he meant it, um, and we have to trust what he says. Um, so, yeah, what a finish. Uh, yeah. Top top bins and um, beat the cycling GK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, as you say, I mean, it's really neither here nor there, really, because it was a bloody good goal on the swivel, top corner. Wow. Now, um, Chloe, I don't know if you saw his um, his post match comments. He said that he was the worst player on the pitch against Spurs. Um, now, I personally don't agree with that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that Neil just being a bit self deprecating, or, or what's that about? Do you think? Oh, when when because they showed that on match of the day, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I just wanted to give him a hug. To be honest, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't good against Spurs. I'm not going to pretend that he was, but definitely wasn't the worst player on the pitch. And um, I think he's probably quite self-critical. Mm. Um, like you, I reckon he's his own worst critic, really. Um, so yeah, I I was like. Oh. <laughs> that that made me really sad um, to to hear that it, honestly. It, it, it um, and, as well because I dread to think if he I don't know I know that footballers and social media there's a bit of a you know the footballers themselves need to be careful on social media as we've seen this week with West Ham players um, but also they must they must be somewhat aware of the use they get um, and as we said after that Spurs game some of the comments directed at Neil Mope were unacceptable um, and just plain wrong. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally get what you mean, Chloe, because I, I felt a bit sort of like, oh, man, bring it in. Let's just let, let's hug it out. Because, uh, you know, he, as you say, he was, certainly wasn't the worst player on the pitch. Um, and I'd, I'd hate for him to think that, like, you know, that we think that because it's uh, just not true. 
just not true. Now, Aaron, you play you play a bit of football. Is there a better time to score than just before half time? No, it goals change games, and I think if you want to pick a moment to score, the opening goal, you either want it uh, as in before half time or before full time, hmm. and getting the goal when we did change the game. Watford would have been buzzing to come in at nil nil. They think, oh, you know, we've got a chance. Just keep doing what we're doing. Going one nil down, then it just changes everything. The Hodgson's got to think about half time, and you know, a goal at any time can can change can change a game on its or turn a game on its head. But yeah, like I said, half time, before half time or before full time, is when you really want him. And Neil has a has a special neck of getting the goals when we need him to. And yeah, like I said against uh, beforehand, he, he fries off those sort of. Uh, instinct sort of moments yeah and that was one of those it was superb for, even if he doesn't mean it even the, yeah. the actual technique of it is superb yeah um, our goal of the season contenders is just going to be neil mope <laughs> <laughs> neil, 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 neil. um yeah he does he's scored some absolute screamers this year hasn't he and as you know as you say and what a time to score because watford have gone in um, and they've had to completely change things around. Um, so the, the team's come out in the second half. Watford have made uh, a change and they've changed their formation. And for the first 10 or 15 minutes, they looked better, Joe, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, they all, they were always going to, um, you know. Uh, I know, obviously, uh, Roy Hodgson has been Palace manager before and we don't really give them credit, but he is a decent manager and, and he's got a lot of know-how at the Premier League level. Um, so yeah, they're always going to come out one nil down and, and give it a real good go. Um, but I think you've seen from even that period there um, that that they are relegation um, fodder this season um, and it's going to take an absolute miracle for them to stay up Um if I'm completely honest. Um, but then obviously, you know, Graham's made some changes and, and switched that momentum back in, in our favour. So, um, yeah, as I say, it was always going to happen. Um, yeah. But I'm just glad we've got a, a manager that can sort of switch things around if the momentum was to leave us. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Aaron, just before we did make our changes, uh, Dennis, he skips around in the box and uh, hits a shot off the crossbar. Uh, a warning sign, definitely. But do you think there was any real threat that they were going to get back into the game? There's always a chance at 1-0. There's always a chance. It doesn't matter, you know, how well we've been playing. If, for example, it's the Palace game away at Sellers. We were dreadful, but got a last minute equaliser. And they should have been 2-0 out of sight, game done. But they, I missed. And when when it's 1-0, there's always, like I said, always a chance. Um and there is until we got that second. As soon as we got the second, it was game done. It was game over. We're not going to throw yeah. away a two-goal lead with eight minutes left. It's just not going to happen, um, and especially to a team who seemed to struggle to score. I haven't scored in the last three games. Mm. So, yeah, we're, you know, 1-0 dangerous scoreline, 2-0 with that long left, it's, it's game over, really. Yeah, definitely. And um, going back to those two changes, um, as we've already said, uh, bringing on Basuma and uh, Alexis McAllister for Welbeck and Gross was uh, a masterstroke from Potter, wasn't it, Chloe? Because I think as soon as Gross went off and Biz came on, we started to control that midfield and we created more chances again. Yeah, I thought Basuma and McAllister both looked great when they came on. Um, we just looked so much 
more lively and um yeah it was it was like the tide changed back in our favor um um yeah it, it was it was quite exciting and you're thinking we're going to score again soon and uh, eventually we did um um i think was it from a corner yes yeah yeah so i i really rate McAllister's corners um i do think he is gross's replacement in the sort of because he takes set pieces and yeah. he can fill that midfield role um and i think he's a really exciting player um i i really really rate him to be honest um and it was probably a bit of a a bit of a fluky goal um that way it sort of fell back to webster um after he initially hit it. um but yeah and they all count and yeah that absolute limbs in the away end yeah I bet. I mean, it was, we've been saying on the chat that it would have. We needed that second goal. Um, they brought on Saar, and um, you know he is a pacey. You know, you said it, Joe. We have uh, faced better, um, but that pace is always going to be a problem um, for you know, especially a returning Lewis Dunk, for instance, who at times, especially on BBC Sussex, you know, Warren was saying about the strapping around Dunkey's knee, and there was a question about whether he'd be able to. Uh, to see out the 90 minutes. Were you concerned at any point uh, in regards to Dunk, Joe, or was it you just, you were happy with Dunk playing the full 90? Yeah, I think you're always going to be a little bit concerned, obviously coming back in a uh, Premier League level. Um, I wasn't overly concerned about the Spurs game because obviously it's, it's cup and it's one-off um, and Spurs, you know, they, they are a decent team when they want to be. Um, but uh, yeah, coming into a Premier League game when you really need everyone sort of solid and firing, um, I, I was a bit concerned, but I thought he did quite well. Um, looked his solid self, made a good few, uh, you know, Dunk-esque blocks, um, which was really nice to see him throwing himself about again. Um, and there was one moment where Watford had a, a player offside and they allowed the counter-attack to carry on um, and Dunk had to make a lunge. Um, and I think he was having a little bit of a go at the um, linesman saying, you know, I, I could have pulled my calf there. Um, yeah. So why why are we letting those offsides carry on? I, I don't get that sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, um, a really solid performance from him and uh, really nice to see a back three again. Yeah, definitely. And um, return to scoring ways from Adam Webster, as Chloe said, it was a, a bit scrappy. But Aaron, do you think that this might reignite Gareth Southgate's outside chances of calling up Dunk to the... Uh, dunk, uh, that would be nice. Um, Webster to the England squad? Uh, potentially. I think it's always an issue with Southgate. I don't particularly like him as England manager. I think he just picks players on reputation, not actually form. Um, and I think that's where the likes of Webster, Dunk, even, you know... Other centre halves in in the Premier League, other than you know Tyrone Mings, Cody, all that lot, etc., will always constantly play or be included in the squad because that's how Southgate likes it. Mm. And it's going to take a it will take an injury or like a severe severe drop of form. Actually, no, that's a likely. You still pick Maguire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I doubt he'll get called up. If he does, it'd be great, but I doubt it very much because I like I said I just don't think Southgate really picks players on form and his reputation. 
No, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you there, mate. Um, talking of Maguire, there was a, a great video doing the rounds on Twitter about him getting absolutely turned inside out by one of the Southampton players. Yeah. It did make me sort of think, oh, how was Lewis Dunk not getting picked over this fridge? Um, but anyway, <laughs> like I, I've, I've never, I've never, uh, when I used to see on Twitter, like the, the, I, you know, Dunk doesn't get picked because, you know, he plays with Brighton and he, Southgate's obviously Palace for and through. I was like, that nah, can't be true. And then I've seen him still pick Cody. I've still, actually, no, that's an insult to Cody because he's actually not too bad. Mings, for example. The fact Tyron Mings is an international footballer is scary because hmm. he is clueless as a centre back. The only reason why he's there is he's left footed. That is it. That is and the we only know that. We know of a particular left-footed centre-back that would probably do a job, and he's also a billion feet tall. So he is, yeah. <laughs> yes. If that, if that moment ever happened, I probably would just just we, melt in my melt in my chair. It'd be great. I think we'd have to <laughs> we would have to pitch in and get you an England shirt with his name on the back. Hundred <laughs> percent. So um, it was nice. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was nice to to finish a game. Uh, with a two-goal cushion and to not at any point think they're going to get back in it in a minute. So that was quite nice, I have to admit. Quite a rarity this season. Um, so I'm going to push you now, guys, for your man of the matches because um, there were some really fantastic performances across the pitch um, that I think need need shout-out. So, Joe, I'm going to come to you first, mate. Which player particularly caught your eye? Um I don't know if I'm is he particularly caught my eye. It's just a guy that always goes under the radar and just delivers an eight out of ten every single game. Uh it's Joel Veltman. Um I just think he's absolutely unbelievable. He's so professional, gets the job done, um, as I say, solid every single game. Um and he doesn't really get much credit that he deserves. Obviously, we all talk about that he's a bargain and everything like that. Um, but he doesn't get the sort of um, just rewards like a man of the match and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give Joel Veltman a shout. Yeah, I mean, good shout, mate. I think everything you said there is absolutely spot on. Um, Chloe, which you were there. So which player did you think get their man of the match? Um, it's actually kind of difficult to choose, I think, um, because I, I did think we were exceptional, to be honest, as a team. Um, so it's it's difficult to like pinpoint someone that I think was a, a bit above. Um, I'm going to go with Mope. Um, other than the goal, he did look good. He was involved in a lot of our um, positive attacking play. Um, mm-hmm. Basuma and McAllister were brilliant, but obviously they only came on second half. Lamptey, yeah. exceptional as always. But Beltman, Beltman, I would say, is another one. Um, he was very good, very solid. Um, so, yeah, it was a good team performance as well. And then I'm just going Mope because I'm biased. <laughs> no, it was a very professional performance, I think, all over the pitch. Um, so, yeah, fair fair points being made there. And Aaron, who who caught your eye, mate? It's got to be the uh, the star man running down the right, has it not? I thought he was superb, Lamptey. I thought he, from the highlights I've seen, he was, he was absolute quality. The ball we played into more play as well was, was good and it was actually quite a, a good defensive disposal as well from what I've seen. So, yeah, got with the star man running down the right. Yeah. His name is, think... is Tarek Lampton. He's fucking dynamite. What a song that is. There's your explicitly warning for the episode, Joe. Yeah, thank, thanks, Aaron. Always rely on you, mate. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I think uh, Tarek Lamptey in his natural uh, wing back position is a, is a much better prospect than Tarek Bank uh, Tarek Lamptey either playing on as a right back um, or as a right winger. So fantastic to see him there. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Adam Lalana because through the dodgy streams that I could find through you know listening to Warren and JC on Sussex Sport, it's always very difficult to sort of pick a player. Um, when you've only seen probably about two thirds of the match. Um, but from what I did see, I thought Lalana, you know, he kept us ticking over. He's silky smooth um, and he's just a you know, constant professional. And he gave little, he gave Mope a little kiss. So that was nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Lalana with a uh, um, honourable mention to Jakob Moda, whose uh, first Premier League goal I can sense, I can almost taste it. Last he's minute winner against United. Come on be nice and we're going to come on to that game in just a moment um so no, let's do it then united so united drew against southampton one all um they're not in the best bit, bit of form at the moment are they um so the game on on tuesday is it tuesday night yeah, yeah. Tuesday night against man united it's a winnable game surely joe surely it's a winnable game uh, yeah, it, it is. Um, but it's just that kind of game that they're just going to turn up and do us over, aren't they? I've just got, I've got an awful feeling um, that, that it's going to be the game that they actually turn up for and Ronaldo finally breaks the duck. And it's all leading up to Ronaldo scoring against us because they mentioned on Match of the Day that he's gone five games without a goal. Um, obviously, now another one because he didn't score against Southampton. Um so yeah, I'm not overly confident, but you know, with with how Man United are, um, there's always a chance that you can get something. Um, I'll take a draw. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd call it winnable, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll take a draw. <laughs> how about you, Chloe? Um, how do you see Man United? Are they the giants of old, or is this now just another game for us? Um, I, I definitely think it's a, it's a winnable game, but um. Whether we will win it is a whole other question. Um, I, I do think they've got a lot of... I don't think they're very good at the moment. I think they've probably got things going on off the pitch which are affecting them as a team. Um, and they just look a bit lacklustre. And I, I don't see any reason why we can't take all three points. Um, but I, I, I would take a draw at the same time because obviously... They're still united. They've still got some world-class players who can really hurt you if you give them half a chance. So, um... yeah, definitely. I think you know, no disrespect, you know, you're right. They've got world-class players. They've got Ronaldo, uh, you know, and then they've got like the likes of Sancho, De Gea. Um, but I th- you know, from my my own perspective, is that I think if we get at them, I think we could get a result. Um, Aaron, mate. I've put the same question to you. United, is this a winnable fixture for us? Uh, no, I don't, think it, I don't think it's a winnable fixture. Any game in the Premier League is a winnable fixture. Even when you play City, Liverpool, it's a winnable fixture if you turn up. And United have been woeful for you for the last sort of 18 months, really. Um, I've watched... Watched part of the game yesterday. Um, they looked dreadful at the back when you've got a, a fridge playing there with someone who's won four Champions Leagues with Real Madrid. And they still look bad. Um, 
It's, it's, you couldn't think of a better opportunity to win at Old Trafford than this, though. I think United's form is shaky. I think, like Joe said, it's just going to be typical United. They're going to turn up on Tuesday and just either blow us away or be absolutely useless. There'd be no in-between, I don't think. What I will um, say as well um, is that they're quite easily rattled. Um, oh, so we, 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 we're we we're a solid team. I say that we're going to go lose 4-0 now, but we are a solid team. And if we can like you know get to half-time 0-0 and frustrate Ronaldo and things like that, um, then I, yeah, I don't see why we can't push on because we've got the quality. It's not yeah. like uh, under, under Hewton, for example, like if you went to Old Trafford, you think, God, just don't get beaten 3 or 4-0, just, you know, just sit back and hope for the best. But under Potter, it's a bit more, you know, why not attack them? Why, there's no reason for us not to go out. And we've beaten them at the Amex before. We've beaten, we've scored at Old Trafford plenty of times. You just can't seem to, can't seem to get a win there. It's got to start somewhere. We didn't never won at Liverpool till last year, and we've haven't lost at Anfield the last two times we played there, and that's probably a harder place to play than Old Trafford. Like Old yeah. Trafford for me is when I went to Old Trafford when we lost three uh, one, I think it was, um, and it, it's not the place it used to be. It's not. It hasn't got the whole aura around it. You know, you know the theatre of dreams. Not, I don't think it is anymore. Like United aren't. United worldwide are a massive club, but I don't think they're the giants they think they used to be. Hmm. In my opinion, they've got, granted they've got one, probably one of the best players in the world, but then other than that, you spent eighty million on a fridge. You've got, you know, a World Cup World Cup winner and Champions League winner and Rafael Varane, uh, Varane, and he's looking bang average. He's playing next to Maguire, and then you've got Fred and McTominay in the middle, and yeah, less said about them. Um, and then, but then you look at the team going forward. Marcus Rashford should be doing a lot better than he is. You've got Fernandez, Sancho, Ronaldo. It's world class players, but they don't want to play as a team. So, no. unless that changes in the next sort of 48 hours, then, then we've got a chance. Yeah, definitely. I think this is probably the most confident I've felt going to Old Trafford. And thinking we could nick something. I think last year when we went up to Old Trafford, I think they were in a similar vein of form under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, and we did get beaten. Um, but it's interesting you say, Joe, about like the whole oh Ronaldo, he hasn't scored an X amount of games, and then there's that old sort of creeping feeling of oh, it's going to be us, isn't it? Um, I had that feeling against Watford. You know, um, haven't, Watford haven't scored yet under Roy Hodgson. I had the, the you know the creeping feeling that it was going to be us. That the team that was, you know, not going to, uh, not going to, uh, was going to concede. But also, I think there was a stat mm. I read that Watford hadn't kept a clean sheet in the Premier League since January 2020. And again, I thought well, that's going to be us, isn't it? But I've been proven <laughs> wrong both times. So maybe I'm just feeling optimistic on the back of a 2 0 win. But I've got, I reckon we're going to go up there. And I reckon if we set up with our, you know, in our best formation, three at the back, Lamptey and Kukurea on the wings, Basuma in the middle. I don't see any reason whatsoever why we can't uh, come away with um, the three points if we put in a good performance. And in regards to Ronaldo, I know, I mean, this is going to come and bite me on the arse now, but I don't, he's not the player he was um, because, you know, he is older. um, But I I get the sense that it's all always got to be all about him, you know. And I reckon that if, if you kind of rattle him, then I think. That's United done, really. 
Um, and I think we've got the team to do that. I mean, Neil Mope is the king of shithousery. So all you need to do is get Neil and be like, Neil, go and wind up Cristiano. Wind <laughs> him up and, uh, and then <laughs> see what happens. So, or we need to start Shane Duffy. Yeah, and Shane Duffy did a Cruyff turn against uh, Ronaldo playing for Ireland. So uh, <laughs> Easy money. Exactly. So I'm feeling quietly confident. Um, I'm going to go for score predictions then, kids. Scores on the doors, please. Go. What are you feeling against United, mate? Uh, Head is saying United 2, Brighton 1. Heart is saying Brighton 2, United 2. Because I I would absolutely, as I say, take a draw. Um, Let's go with my heart. I'll say 2 all. Amazing. Chloe, mate, uh, what are you feeling score-wise? Um, I'm going to go one nil to Brighton. Um, I I think it will probably be if we do win it, it won't it won't be like Watford because United are a way better team. So I think it'll be a narrow victory, and I think Mopé's going to score, and then he's going to do the Sue hmm. celebration in front of Ronaldo and wind him up. That would be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. I I'll would take that. Good money to see that. Uh, Aaron, mate, what are you feeling? Uh, let's go one all. Let's go one all. Uh, I think, like I said, it's a it's a good time to play United. Um, and we're in good, reasonably good run of form before Tottenham anyway. Um, come back off a good performance from yesterday. So, yeah, one all, one all. And if we do win it, it will be, yeah, like Clay said, it'll be one nil and it'll be... Leopardy shit house to get the goal. Did I see somewhere that it's our longest unbeaten streak in the Premier League? Correct. At the moment. Andy yeah. Naylor, Naylor tweeted out yesterday, I think it's seven games that. unbeaten. It's our longest unbeaten run in the top flight. And I'm going to keep that unbeaten run going. My head says it will be one all. Uh, you know, going to be nice and safe. But my heart says 2 1 to Brighton. Last minute Mope winner um, because. That's what he does. Um, so there you go. So guys, looking ahead, we've also got a uh, interview coming up with uh, the stateside seagulls. Now, Joe, you've um, you've organised that, mate. So you just want to tell the listeners a little bit about what's going to be happening. Yeah. So um, Curtis really wanted to speak to the American guys um, and get their perspective on um, supporting the Albion from across the pond. Um, so obviously, I reached out on Twitter, asked if any of them wanted to come on. Um, Stateside Seagulls messaged at the Albion Obsessed page, um, and yeah, um, I, I left it for about a month because I completely forgot about it. To be honest, so really sorry about that. Um, but um, yeah, we got got them on tomorrow, um, so yeah, it should be good fun to, to find out all about uh, the Premier League in the in the US. Amazing! I look forward to it. But night, right now then, guys, thank you very much for spending your afternoon with us. Uh, thank you to Joe, Chloe and Aaron for their time as well. And we will see you in the next episode. Take care. See you later.